Welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it up. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. All right, open your Bibles to the 119th Psalm, the 119th Psalm. If you don't have a traditional Bible, but you'd like one and you're comfortable, just raise your hand. One of my friends will bring you one. You can either borrow that or you can keep it. It's our gift to you. You can also take your smart device and open up the YouVersion app. It's also called the Bible app. And all the notes and scriptures, everything other than pictures have already been uploaded on there. If you're watching us online or at one of our other gatherings, some of you guys know this and some of you don't, that we've got gatherings that are all over the place in all different states. We've got Canada, we've got Hong Kong, we've got mainland China, we've got Dubai, we've got uh, just, I mean, just uh, so many different places where it's a, a little group or a little pocket of people who uh, gather together and they watch the services and then, and then they discuss them. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say my, my folks, my mom and dad, or as they say in Canada, my mom and dad, they watch it. And so listen, I've been fasting social media. I just got your messages. I didn't even know that you know, I love you anyway. So see, this time I'm going to apologize. You guys are part of a great apology from me to my mama. I love you, mom. I'm so sorry that I didn't respond to your message. And so I love you guys. Super glad that you guys are part of our team, part of our extended family and, and what God has been doing uh, here and continues to do. So uh, I got to tell you guys, I, I love this series. Like when Pastor Dallas uh, came up with this idea to talk about getting back to our roots, to, to talk about getting back to the foundation of what this whole life in Jesus is built upon, the minute that he even brought up the idea, I got so excited because I felt like it wouldn't only be a great refresher for some of us who've been doing this for a good minute, but it, it would also be a great revelation for some people who haven't had this be a part of their lives for a long time. Like the whole God thing or the whole Jesus thing is kind of new to them. It, 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 I felt like it, it was going to give us all some great tools that we all need to be able to build the lives that we want, but more importantly, it would give us the tools to build the life that God wants for us. And so Pastor Sonny kicked off the series with this amazing message on being rooted in your Jesus journey, where she talked about accountability from such a practical and such a personal perspective. Pastor Dallas followed it up with a great message on being rooted in a community where he talked about surrounding yourself with people who are of like mind, like spirit, and who share the same convictions as you. Not so they'll keep you in check, but so that they'll keep you in connection with God, with others, and with yourself. People who will keep you in connection with who you were really meant to be in Jesus. Then last week, our friend Rabbi Matt, he, he shared a message on being rooted in prayer where like he sang the blessing over us in Hebrew. And I was like, bro, I didn't even know homeboy could sing like that. Like he, like it was so dope. I was like, it's like boys to men met a Jewish rabbi. Like it felt like a beginning of a joke. 
Like, boys to men and a rabbi walked into a bar together, and he could learn to say, and he was like saying the, this blessing over us. And I was like, through this screen, I was like, bro, this is like, this is so great. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. He, he brought such a beautiful perspective on the definition of prayer, that it was speak to me and I will listen. He talked about the prayer that the Jewish people pray every morning called the Shema, which means to hear, to listen, to pay attention, to obey. And, and he said, if, if you listen and if you pay attention, you're more likely to obey, but you can't listen and obey without getting in your Bible, without getting into the word. And so I want to talk about that today in a message that we're calling being rooted in the word. Let's pray. God, we love you. You know, so much. Just love your heart, love your mind, love your words, love your spirit. Love the way that you see us, God, which is so often different than we see ourselves. The God, when we see ourselves as wounded, you see us as winners, God. When we see ourselves as damaged, God, you see us as repaired. You, you see the hope in us, God. You look through all of the muck and the mire, all of the dross in our lives, and you, you see us for people and things that we can't even imagine ourselves to be. And so God, I pray like that you would help me to, to not only see others in that same way, but that you would help me to see myself in the same way. Help me see me the way you see me. God, help me to notice and to recognize the things that need to be adjusted, the things that need to be changed in me so that I can adjust them and change them. And when I do, help me to be less like me, more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I think that this should go without saying, but like I love the word. I love scripture. I love, I love the Bible, which, which I should. I mean, uh, this is what I chose as... Uh, as a career path for my life, that I, would, that I would choose to be somebody who talks about a particular book. It'd be like somebody choosing to talk about the newest John Grisham every week when it comes up. You would hope that in some way, shape, or form, <laughs> they like John Grisham. You, you hope that every week it isn't like, oh, let me tell you what I didn't like about, like nobody wants that. And yet, you know, I feel like I didn't love this for the first long time that I was supposed to be talking about it. Like, I liked talking about it. I liked making people laugh. I liked, you know, seeing people change. But I didn't, I didn't always like the, I didn't always like the whole product, if I'm being honest. It was a job for me. You know, and then somewhere along the line, like, you know, like a decade in, it, it, something clicked for me. I think part of that is that I decided to read the whole thing. <laughs> you know, I hadn't read the whole book. I just, you know, read parts. Like shooting fish in a barrel. It was just like, you know, I read little snippets, or if I was having a hard time with something, you know, I would, you know, or if I needed to preach about something, you know, I would. You know, a lot of Bibles, you go to the back. You say heartache, and it'll give you the scriptures on it. And, you know, it's, you'll build a talk around it. And somewhere along the line, like, like 15 years ago, I really fell in love with the concepts that were in it. And it started when I read, you know, the whole thing. And, and uh, since that, I've learned to love the nuance of it and uh, the mystery of it, 
the stories of life and love and loss. I, I, I love the violence of it. I don't, maybe it's just the, the guy in me. Sometimes we look at this book like it's passive, like it's, like it's just feminine. Like it was written from some, you know, like it's poetry. There's poetry in it, but God, there's way more, way more bloodshed than poetry. And I'm enough of a dude that I just go, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Because when I read, it's like uh, I have a very uh, pictorial mind, if you would. Maybe you don't. Like when I read, it's like, it's like watching a movie. It's why I love I love to read. And sometimes, man, you get into like first and second gigs, and you're like, bro, so sick. It's like watching Gladiator, which, by the way, they're making part. Do you see they're making part two to the Gladiator? I thought the dude died at the end. Wow. They're making a sequel to The Passion of the Christ. I don't know if you saw this. It's coming out. Coming out next year. It's the same dude. The, the, The same guy is playing Jesus that played him the first time. And uh, Mel Gibson is, is producing it again. And, uh, and he was honest about it. He was, he was super honest about it. He didn't have any intention of making a sequel to it. But, you know, then The Chosen came out. <laughs> Mel was like, Rango. Like, he was like, cha-ching. He's, so he's, they're making it, and it's, it's coming out. It's coming out. Anyway, I, like, I, if you're a guy, if you're a guy, and you haven't read the book because you think it's mamby-pamby, listen, there's more... Braveheart stuff in there, Vikings stuff in there. It's so sick. Like I like, I love the, I love the violence of it. I love the variety of it. Every type of literature that you can want to read is in the Word. Uh, but I don't know if anybody else feels this. I love the Word, uh, but sometimes uh, it feels like Christianity can be challenging. I like the content of the book, but sometimes I don't like the delivery into my own life. It's challenging. It's difficult. It pushes you. It pulls you. It prods you. It presses you. It makes you realize the things that you're doing right and realizes the things that, that you're doing wrong. I don't know if you've ever read this thing and then just felt dirty after you read it. You're like, bro, like this so, I feel like every time I read it, it it's so rude. It just tells me what's wrong with me. It tells me what, I'm, what I need to fix or what I need to adjust. And if you don't have a teachable spirit, it's not the book for you. It's just constantly pushing you and pulling you and prodding you and shaping you and making you and molding you. And Christianity can be challenging, especially when you listen to a guy like Rabbi Matt talk last week about the fact that we should bind things containing scriptures to our to our wrists and, and to our heads and, and to little containers outside, the, uh, outside all the entrances to and in our house. It could be challenging. It could be challenging if you grew up in a liturgical church where they, where they have so many rituals. And, and then with those rituals, there are so many rules that those rituals revolve around. It can get so confusing. It can get so convoluted, so complicated. But the older I get, the more I realize that the challenges or the confusion of Christianity are created by man and not by God. That Christianity isn't just ritualistic, it's relational. And just like every other relationship in my life, most of the complications in that relationship actually come from me. 
They come from barriers or brokenness in me that I carried into that relationship. It's why journey to wholeness was so liberating in my life. I realized I didn't have a marriage issue or kid issues or boss issues. I had me issues that I drug into those relationships. And the more of those issues I set down, the more of those issues I surrendered, the healthier my relationships became. And it hit me one day, if that's true in my earthly relationships, maybe it's true in my relationship with God. So I started laying down my issue with greed and anger, insecurity and abandonment, and it changed my expectation of an embodiment of God. And in turn, it changed my expectation of an embodiment of his word. It wasn't a manual of maleficence that was filled with malice meant to malign me. It was a magnificent manifesto of God's love and compassion, peace and provision that was meant to align me with him and his beautiful plan for both my peace and my prosperity. That it wasn't a task, that it is a treasure. A letter from someone who cares for and is concerned about me that was meant to bring me guidance and direction and encouragement. Uh, You ever get a note or a letter of encouragement from someone? It's like like getting emotional or uh, relational CPR. Uh, My son Isaiah, he went off to college last month and he, he couldn't fit everything in his suitcase. So, uh, so he asked me if I would ship some of his stuff to him. And, and uh, as I was kind of going through his room and gathering some things up, I, I came across a letter that one, one of his former football coaches had written him and sent to him on senior night last year. And uh, this, this coach just went on and on about how great of a kid Isaiah is and how much potential he sees in him and just, and just speaking life over who and what he was going to be in the future. And, and as I read the letter, I just sat there and cried. <laughs> and the note wasn't even to me. And that's what the Bible is. It is a a series of letters where God tells us how great we are, where where he tells us how much potential he sees in us, where where he just speaks life over who and what we're going to be in the future. And there are times when I read this book that I just sit there and cry, because unlike that letter that I found in Isaiah's room, this series of letters is about me, and it is about you. So why wouldn't you want to put those words into your spirit when you need courage and comfort, strength and stability? Why is it that we look at this book as a thing that we want to keep out of our lives rather than the very thing that we should install at every possible moment in it? Simple. Because it can be confusing. It can be convoluted. It can be complicated. I mean, we look at this like it is a book, like it is a, like a manifesto, if you would, that it, was, it was, uh, was written for one particular purpose. I mean, it, yeah, I guess technically, yeah. But it's really written for lots of purposes. And, uh, I mean, it's a series of 66 letters written uh, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by 35 people. And, and those 35 people are from all different walks of life. And it was written over a course of a period of about 1,500 years. You can see why at times it can feel like it's piecemealed together. 
You can see why at times you could read one book and it's got one personality. You can read another book and it's got a totally different personality. And, and then you take the fact that it's got all these cultural references from a largely Eastern perspective that, that we in our Western culture wouldn't naturally understand. So, so it's not something that's meant to be skimmed. It's something that's meant to be studied and that can't be done quickly. Like it, it, it's not a book you're meant to get through. It's a book that's meant to get through you, through your heart and through your mind and through your spirit. And it is meant to be studied over the entire course of your life. It's why every time you read a certain scripture, it can, it can feel like it means a different thing, if that makes sense. Because sometimes you're going through one thing, and sometimes you're going through another thing, and God, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, can use those words to, to hit whatever situation that you're in. It's why it says that his word is new every morning. Great is his faithfulness, because his, his word was written in a way that it's like a kaleidoscope, that it'll impact and adjust and change and, and massage your life at whatever point your life is at. But the problem is, we look at it like it's the new John Grisham book. Yeah. Listen, I love John Grisham. I read every one of his books. Don't understand half of them, but they're good. And the reason that I don't understand half of them is because he's an attorney from the South. I'm a pastor from the north. I don't even understand what half the food he's talking about is, but it's good, and I go, I'm going to get to the end, and it's going to be great, I think. Though most of the time, it's great. I mean, half the time, I feel like he's written the same book a bunch of different times. It's just one time it was a guy who lived in Jackson, Mississippi, and another time was a guy who lived in Jackson, Tennessee. I'm just saying, like, I, like I love this stuff, but this isn't how it was, it was meant to be read. It, is, it isn't like something that you just check Check off your list. Like it's not a task where you think, well, I finished it, and then you move on. It's the foundation that everything in your life is meant to be built upon. You can't be rooted in Jesus and not be rooted in the Word. Because he is the word. The, the Gospel of John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It has been interlaced in and through the lives of every person who's ever lived, whether they know it or not. The word has been interlaced in and around the lives of every person who has ever existed, and it is meant to be interlaced in yours. Day in, day out, all the days of your life, which can be hard in this binge, crazy culture we live in. Like, uh, isn't that annoying when you watch a show that you love and you have to wait a whole week for a new episode to come out? Are you kidding me? But that used to be the norm. And, and somehow that made the show more significant. It built an excitement and an expectation. For example, does anybody remember the show Lost? Oh my God. You better shut your like. Man, Pastor Sunday, I saw love, 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 lost. Like we couldn't wait for Wednesday nights to roll around, man. Listen, Jack, we used to host lost parties. <laughs> Our friends would come over. We'd have special food. It's the Dharma Initiative. We dimmed the lights. We'd watch the show, and when it ended, I'd always throw up my fist. And go, ah! 
not because it would like every episode ended on a, like a cliffhanger. And I'd be like, oh, I gotta wait a whole week. Gosh, I hate J.J. Abram. <laughs> and then we'd all sit around and we'd all talk about the episode. We'd all share our thoughts. We'd all share our theories. A polar bear. How was there a polar? Oh my God, I bet you they died. You know how many times I thought they died and they were actually in, like, I think they're in hell. If purgatory were real, it's that island. <laughs> oh my gosh, that show used to drive me insane. But it wouldn't have wielded the same weight or wonder if we could have just watched every episode at one time. We'd have been robbed of the anticipation and the expectation. And the word is like that. This is what you call long-form journalism. And it can get frustrating having to wait. But when it reveals itself in just the right time, there's nothing more satisfying. So as I sat around thinking and praying about what God would have me say about being rooted in his word, I felt like God asked me, bro, what if you just told them what the word is? I was like, you know what, God? That makes a lot of sense. See, that's why you're in charge. <laughs> I mean, other than you created everything. But yeah, that single idea, boom, blew my mind. So, so I want to show you uh, what the word is. Uh, Psalm 119 says, your word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet. It is a light to my path. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It's 176 verses, and it's actually an acrostic. It's 22 stanzas, each having eight verses, and each stanza starts with a different letter from the Hebrew alphabet. And the theme of the entire chapter is understanding God's word. And when we get to verse 105, it gives us a picture of our total reliance on God's word when it says that his word is a lamp. And the Hebrew word that's used here is actually the word near. It means to glisten. It, it was a specific type of lamp that would be very similar to a candle or, or like a nightlight. <laughs> I've gotten to an age. <laughs> that I need to have a nightlight. <laughs> not because I'm afraid, not because I'm scared, because I got no night vision no more. None. I wake up in the middle of the night, it is black as coal, man. Like, I, like it's like uh, driving at night. Mm -mm, forget it, Jack. I can't. Nope. I'm supposed to wear glasses. Can't find them. Lost them. I can't see where my glasses... Like, is that not... So stupid. That's such a dad joke. Anyway, uh, and so uh, when I get up in the night, because, you know, I'm at an age where, I mean, like I'm losing hair where I want it and getting it where I don't. Like I have more hair in my nose than I have on my head now. When I sneeze, it looks like a party favorite. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. It's, it's just it's, it's what happens when you, you know, when you get old and... Uh, and so by vision, there's two things that I've lost in my age, vision and muscles. And it's, I can't, you can't get either one of them back. I'm just saying, you can try, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen very well. And so the vision at night, I, I get up, you know, in the middle of the night, it's pr pretty regular. And, uh, and, I, and I have to move slow. Uh, I got to. I like put my foot out, like, yeah, I like feel, feel for some, 
I look like a horse in the rodeo, is what I'm saying. Like it's just, like a, or like a bull getting ready to... <laughs> but, but then the foot thing, I get scared, because with the foot thing, maybe I... You know, I used to get my foot up higher. Maybe I would walk through, you know, <laughs> like this. But now I walk through like this and like this. I look like, I look like Frankenstein at night. Like it's, I must look absolutely ridiculous. And I, uh, my point is that I'm, when I get, I have no night vision, so I have to move slow. It takes me forever to get anywhere in the dark. You ever feel like God is just slow? Like he leaves you groping at the darkness? That his word is just like a candle. It's like a, it's like a, like a glisten of light. Like, yes, his word is a lamp, but the writer was so specific in using the word near because it's a specific type of lamp that only allowed you to see a few feet in front of you. His intention when he wrote this was to paint a picture that God doesn't want you to see too far because he doesn't want you to get ahead of him. That, that he doesn't want you to see too far because he knows you'll go too fast. You ever gone too fast in your life? You ever gone too far? I got a, I got a chocolate lab and his name is Moses. And he really lives that let, my, let, let me go. Like he just, he's the sweetest boy. He's just got a wandering spirit. He wants to be gone all the time. And, and when I find, had to have a microchip put in him so I could find him when he roams away. And every time I find him, he acts like he hadn't been gone. <laughs> like, hey, what was I? Hey, like, how did you get four miles away? You just left. Like, it's, I don't even, he must be like Spock. He just, whoop, he disappears in people's yards and they always want to keep him. Just got a wandering spirit. He is the sweetest boy. He has no ill will or bad intentions. But because of his wandering spirit, I got to walk him with a retractable leash uh, because he will take every bit of slack I'll give him. I, I have to keep that leash like really taut so he'll stay where I want and need him to be. Because if I don't, he'll get into stuff he shouldn't and get on to people he shouldn't. And it reminds me when Pastor Sonny said a few weeks ago that she prays for God to keep her on a short leash. Now, I don't know if any of you took her up on her challenge and went home and checked your Netflix suggestions, but that stuck with me. And so I did it. And when I went and checked my Netflix uh, suggestions, I discovered that my Netflix had been hacked. All my suggestions were for movies made in India. Someone in India had been using my account for three months and I didn't notice. And that's happened to some of your lives. You've been lacked and you've been hacked and you don't know it because your leash has been too long. You've been going too far, too fast because his word hasn't been a lamp to your path. And so I want to help you with that today by leaving you with five tips of being rooted in the word. And they're super simple and they're super practical. And every person in this room could easily do all five of them. So five tips to being rooted in the word. Here's the first. Subscribe to the Bible app verse of the day. If you don't have the app, scan this QR code. 
It will give you the Bible app, or it's called the YouVersion app. And then once you go in there, you can build a profile and then subscribe to what's called the verse of the day. It can either come in as text or it can come in as an image. And it will, it will uh, text you or it will email you every day that scripture at any time you want it to come in. I have it sent to me first thing in the morning because I want to start my day with the word. So download the Bible app, subscribe to the verse of the day. Here's the second. I'm telling you these are so simple. Download the Bible Project app. And, and once you've done that, watch. There's a series of videos called How to Read the Bible. Here's, here's a QR code for that. You scan that. It'll give you the Bible uh, Project app. And, and there's a bunch of different videos, things like what is the Bible, the plot, the setting, and then there's different parts to each one of those things. And they're all like, they're so good. The Bible Project uh, app is literally like having Rabbi Matt in your pocket at all times. It is so sick. You guys will love uh, the videos. These guys have uh, doctorates in theology. And so third, uh, watch The Chosen. And I, I'm not getting, I'm not, a, I'm not a paid, whatever you know those commercials say. This, this person has been a paid blah, blah, blah. I don't get any money off the chosen. I just think it's sick. I cannot emphasize enough how good the show, like if you have not watched the show, The Chosen, it is so, so good. You can, I should have put a QR code for this. looks like I'm in the app selling business today, but there's an app called the Angel app. And I think it's called the Angel app. And on that's the, the place that broadcasts the show. And, and uh, it's got, it's got three seasons on there. In fact, the the season finale to season three was just in the theaters. The season premiere of season three was in the theaters one day in America. It was the second longest running show in the movie theaters in Canada, Canada, which is not, they're pre-Christian right now. Like it, the only show that uh, lasted in the theater longer than the chosen episode one of season three was Wakanda forever. Like, so listen, Jack, this, they're not playing. It's that, it is that good. It brings scripture to life. It literally made me want to get to know Jesus better. Like I watched the show. First of all, I watch that show and I cry every episode. And sometimes when Pastor Sonny and I watch them together, we gauge the level of our spirituality. But who start crying first? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, sometimes I think she's faking. I'm just saying, the show is so good. It literally, I've told people, it made me look at the guy who plays Jesus and go, bro, I can understand. I can see why people wanted to follow him. Like, I want to meet that guy and I want to be his friend. Like, he makes Jesus come alive. So that's number three. And I don't, again, I don't get any money for that. That's number three. Watch Chosen. Four, like Rabbi Matt said, read a verse before you go to bed, before you go to sleep. It can be something simple. You can just take the Bible app verse of the day and you can just read that again. I'm just saying, it's, that was a great idea. It's such a good thing for you to go to bed on. Number five is read a proverb every day for one month. Uh, the book of Proverbs is called the book of wisdom. It's, uh, it's almost ironic, isn't it, that there's 31 of them. It's almost like it was designed for us to read one every single day. So I would love it if we all did that together for the next month. So, so we had a, a little card 
printed for you to fill out and sign. And we don't want you to give those back to us. We want you to keep them. And we want you to, to put them in a place where you can see them to remind you of the commitment that you've made. It's just uh, read a proverb every day for a month, okay? I mean, there you go. It's five simple things to do to help you be rooted in God's word. And I'm convinced if you'll make these things a habit, you know, they say if you do anything for 10 days in a row, it becomes a habit. What if you, what if you made this a habit? The, if you did that, the Bible will stop being a task and it'll start being a treasure. Treasure. It'll be far less confusing, far less convoluted, and far less complicated. I wonder if you'll try those things starting today. I hope you will, because if you will, it'll help you not go too far, too fast, because you will be rooted in the Word. Will you close your eyes all across this place? Before you can be rooted in the Word, you gotta be rooted in Jesus. That's the definition of what salvation is. It's being rooted in Jesus. And so uh, maybe you're here today and you came and you, you're not rooted in Jesus. You're, uh, you're kicking the tires. Uh, but you felt something today that makes you want to leave this place connected to him. So we want to give you the opportunity to do that. The Bible says, uh, if you'll confess through your mouth that Jesus is Lord and receive him into your life, that you will be saved. So I want to give you the opportunity to do that today, to confess that you uh, have sinned in your life and profess that he can change that. So if you're here today and you say, Sean, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, uh, but I want to change that before I go. I'm going to ask you to do two things. First is with nobody looking around, I'm going to ask for people all across this place uh, to raise their hand and make eye contact with me. Once you've made eye contact with me, you can put your hand down. That's your act of confession. And then second, I'm going to say a few lines in a prayer. Then I'm going to pause. I'm going to ask you to repeat those lines. And if you repeat those lines and you mean them in your heart, the Bible says you'll be saved. So if you're here, and you say, Sean, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I'd like to before I leave this place with nobody looking around. Would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me right now? Thanks, 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 thanks. Thank you, thank you, thanks, thank you. Thanks, thanks. Anybody else? Did I miss anybody? Okay, I'm gonna ask everybody in here to say these words. Say, Jesus, I've got sin in my life. I don't want it. Please take it. Please change it. Please forgive me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast, Chew on That. The Chew on That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week.